Welcome to episode 136, Dial H for Hero Clicks. I am your host, Hunter Smith. Joined with me is just one man. The best man. One man with a plan, and that is Austin Smith. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, there's, a, there's a certain force missing from this podcast today. It's a, it's a massive sexuality that's just not present, and it, it, it cuts. If one didn't know better, one might assume that... Drew Alderson's not here because he didn't read Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse. <laughs> but, I mean, that's just my that's just my theory. It's the tinfoil we've got going on right now. I mean, that I, he, I think there's some weight to it, though. With he the made plans history. two weeks ahead to not read Spider-Verse and made plans to not be here this day. With the past history of flaking on comics talk, I'm just gonna, you know... That, that's why I jumped to that conclusion. Hunter, do you think Drew might be illiterate? This has never crossed my mind He's before. already colorblind. <laughs> God bless his soul. He's <laughs> illiterate. No, no, no. After, after how well endowed he is, they had to strike him down no, some way. That's true. We can't all be perfect. Uh, today we're going to talk about Superior Foes of Spider-Man. That's definitely like our main topic of discussion. Oh, so today, much good shit spoiled. Which we basically know every single figure from at this point, if not... I mean, I think they're short, like two-ish... Uh, but that we know pretty much everything confirmed. Nothing short, Hunter, because Stiltman's in this set. Uh, we're going to talk about what we played. We need to catch up on that. And then we are going to talk about Spider-Verse. Just Austin and I are going to finally talk about it because the people have been wanting it and we can't all wait for Not to shit. mention, I'm about ready to forget everything I read about I it. I have already <laughs> forgotten, not to be totally honest. I don't want to go through all that work again, Hunter. It was like eight hours of nonstop reading. I was thinking about it when you got here and I was like, shit, I can't even hardly remember Spider-Verse. So I'm sure my memory will get jogged as we start talking about it. So Let's kick it off as we typically do with the news. Uh, the first item of news is I just wanted to apologize for the audio last episode. I know it was lower than usual and uh, that's not typical for us but it was a mic settings issue that i thought i had fixed believe it or not it was actually way lower when we got done recording it and i made my adjustments to it thought it would fix it and it still turned out pretty low so if you thought it was bad in the actual episode you should have heard what it was like damn it but uh it still was definitely listenable i mean but a couple of you guys did say hey the audio was low on that one for some reason blame overwatch I, it, yeah, it is partially overwatched. <laughs> uh, let's go to over, if you want to follow along with us on the official spoilers, head on over to HeroClicks.com's official site. We're going to start with Venom and Antivenom. Oh, I'm sorry. Which, as I said on our Facebook page, I, I suppose we should have seen this coming. The Primes. I don't know why I didn't think of Venom and Antivenom, but it was a pretty obvious one. Yeah. Uh, so for those who don't know, we are going to do the official spoilers for Venom and Antivenom, but real quick, before for those who don't know, the primes for the set are now all known. The common one is uh, NYPD Officer and then uh, Captain Stacy. Which is awesome. I'm happy to actually get some. Uh, have you seen those NYPD officers yet? I haven't seen... No, I've done oh, not their dial. Wait till we get to them, buddy. 
The uh, uncommon is what we're about to talk about, Venom and Antivenom. The rare... Is the rare Sandman and Hydro Man, or is that the super rare? The rare is Sandman and Hydro Man. The super rare is uh, Craven and... Zombie Craven. The other Craven. Zombie Craven. he officially is. So... Venom and Antivenom. Venom, this is Eddie Venom, Eddie Brock. Um, we are getting Mac Gargan in this set, but not in Venom form. He There is a scorpion of Mac Gargan, though. Uh, anyways, Eddie has Sinister Syndicate keyword, Brute, Monster, and Reporter. Two traits. Alien symbiote. I'm wondering if maybe some of like some of the other symbiotes... the same one. Okay, that's what I was thinking. So, a lot of the symbiotes are going to... Symbiote, symbiote, whatever... Uh, are going to have this trait. It is plasticity and shape change and automatically breaks away. He does not have ignores characters on so movement. If he moves up trying to pass someone, he'll still stop, right? That would be my understanding yeah. of how it would work. And he does have improved movement for elevated, though. Uh, his other trait is mmm tasty. When an opposing character takes three or more damage from one of Venom's attacks... So don't try to get all tricky with Flurry or anything. It won't work. From one of Venom's attacks, after actions resolve, heal him of one click. So it's a gimp steel energy. It is. And now if you manage to give him steel energy from something else, oh. like say Anger's Hammer, then that top dial's looking juicy, the mid dial's looking juicy, everything's looking juicy. Worse than that, it's from one of his attacks. It's not close combat attacks. He has four range. Mm-hmm. Or if you gave him the sniper rifle, you could still heal off of a ten range attack. Yep, that is true. Um, he has a... So his top dial is charge and exploit with invulnerable. And he does have indom, by the way. I forgot to mention. Um, his mid dial is all the same. It's like stealth blades and then a special defense power where he gets defend and toughness. Uh, his defense values are 18, 17, 17, so that defense is pretty useful. At the beginning of the other part of that power is at the beginning of your turn, you may deal an adjacent friendly character one unavoidable damage to heal Venom one click. I like that actually. And his last two clicks are stealth, toughness, and exploit. So there's definitely going to be some trickery to be done with him uh, if you combine him with other game elements. If you give him like Mystics. Combined with all his healing potential, if you give him steel energy from Anger's Hammer or something like that, combined with his already good trait, and it's um, already pre... Because if you look at his dial, I mean, he's 125 points. He does have the Sinister Syndicate TA, so he could benefit from that. I was about to say, is uh, his 10 attack down the dial, except for that 1 for 11, means he's really going to benefit from Sinister Syndicate. Mm-hmm. Which, and then on the flip side, his, his defend there in the mid-dial, like midway through the game, when everybody's kind of beaten up a little bit... That 18, 17, 17 defense is going to be pretty useful for the other Sinister Syndicate. Or if you want to smack your Vulture since he's already taxied you in, heal him up one to something else. Yeah, that's true. So, pretty cool figure. Not like broken or anything, but because he's pretty costly at 125. But I am glad to get a Venom with the the TA and the keyword for Sinister Syndicate. I'm just happy we got a fluffy Venom. Like, he's got all the abilities I'd expect of a Venom and all that crap. What about Antivenom? Oh, Antivenom, I'm so happy. So he's got the alien symbiote trait, of course. Um, His other trait is I am the cure. Give him a free action. You may counter a different... You may counter a different... Oh, it's it's a a typo. typo. Yeah. A different power on each opposing character than two squares in line of fire until your next turn. Hot diggity damn. Yeah, that's pretty good right off the bat. Um, He's 100 points, has no combat symbols, 
10 movement charge, 10 attack blades, 18 defense super senses, and 3 damage exploit. Don't forget, he's got traded shape change, yep. too. Um, no other special powers. Uh, Mid-dial, he drops into sidestep support with a 10 attack. Mm-hmm. And then bottom dial, he's regen stealth. Um, that outwit is basically the main reason you'd probably end up using him, I'd say, besides yeah. the feeder clicks on the top. He, he's just a good, like, tie-up slash secondary attacker, really, mm-hmm. is what I would think of him. He's like an all-around figure, really, if you think about it. Cause That's true. He's great tie-up with plasticity, 18 defense with super senses, traded shape change. Like, you get him in, you tie up some people, then use his other trait to counter a different power on each within two squares in line of fire. So And then also, he has decent values, like Austin was saying, so he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades type figure. And usually when we get those AoE countering abilities, they're not on melee figures. They're on, like, generic, supporty like characters. So to get one like this where you can just charge in and swing, lock everybody down in that way, is great. He's pretty cool. I kind of like the sculpts, It's too. a good choice for a, of a prime, I think. And if I remember correctly, we will also be getting another Venom in the Fast Forces... Uh, yeah, because I believe it's the same sculpt. And then uh, next we have Stiltman. God, he's gonna be meta. So Stiltman is very cool. Um, he's a little involved. Uh, he is a common, luckily, so we can get uh, we can collect a bunch so that we can get these leg extensions going. But he's fifty points. He does have the Sinister Syndicate TA and keyword, along with Pro Reg and Armor. He has two traits. Stiltman is added to your force with one leg extension, and you may increase his point value by five for each additional leg extension that you add. During the game, if he has two, then he has giant size. If he has four or more, then he has colossal instead. So at base value, if you're just paying the 50 points to play the figure, then you're getting one leg extension, and he's a normal size figure. So you got to pay at least five more. So he, at 55 points, he's going to become a giant. And then at 70, he's going to become a colossal. However, there's some more trickery to be done with those leg extensions. His other trait is when he would take damage from an attack, you may instead remove a leg extension and roll a d6 that can't be re-rolled. On a 1 to 3, you deal them 1 unavoidable damage. So you you ignore all the damage, as long as it's from an attack. Note that. So he can't do it on Mystics, Poison, things like that. But when you would take damage from an attack, you can just straight up ignore it, take off a leg extension, and then possibly take 1 unavoidable on a 50-50 roll. But that's still better than whatever you were going to take from that attack. And then his dial is completely the same on all four clicks. It's Force Blast, Quake, Toughness, and then this special defense uh, damage power. That is, if if Stiltman has Colossal, you may give him a free action and choose an opposing character that attacked Stiltman or damaged a friendly character since your last turn. You play Stiltman such that he can make a close attack targeting the chosen character and then do so. So that's a free attack. That means you leave him back in your starting area, doesn't it? Yes, because it did not say Line of Fire. And it doesn't say choose an, an adjacent opposing character or choose an opposing character within X squares. So you could leave him back, hang back, and get that free attack to trigger if you paid that 70 points for him to start the game. I mean, he's not substantial damage-wise. He's a 10-3, but I mean, with resources, all of a sudden, he becomes scary with the damage absorption abilities and then I think the damage absorption more than anything. I agree. That's what people 
tend to underestimate how powerful it can be in constructed. Especially since, you know, it's almost like Bizarro all over again to a point. When you can give him the red battery to get the poison, penetrating poison, because he is a great type figure with that, you know, ignoring all the damage trait. You can give him... Uh, Decoy. Shape change would help, yeah. I mean, he's just all-around solid figure with lots of potential, so I'm sure he'll be here and there in the meta. I like him. I like him, too. I think he's really cool. I, I like the mechanic. Give him a sniper rifle, then you have Stiltman towering above everyone shooting at bitches. He doesn't care. And then we have Hydro Man, who, as we were alluding to earlier, he is the prime uh, in the rare slot. Sandman is the normal, unprime version, basically. You want to talk about him? Yeah. Um, so Hydro Man's really cool. Basically, he's uh, 160 points. Um, you kind of get a choice of whether you want him to be supporty or if you want him to be straight up a uh, beater. Um, he has a trait. Uh, drown you on dry land. Give him a free action and attach the submerged marker, which is his clicks effects, to an adjacent opposing character, removing it from anywhere else. That character can't be placed, must break away before moving, and can't do so automatically. That's already really good right there. That's like the web markers. Yeah, it is the web marker. Each time that character fails to break away, deal it one penetrating damage. I don't think that's on the web markers. That is not on the web markers. When that character successfully breaks away, remove the submerged marker from it. Um, His other trait is give Hydro Man a free action and choose one. Place a water terrain marker within six squares in line of fire or remove a water terrain marker from a square he occupies and heal him one click. Ooh, I like it. His third trait, if he occupies a square of water terrain, he has giant and modifies his damage plus one. If there are also eight adjacent squares of water terrain, he has colossal and modifies his damage plus two. And he's got a Frightful Four, Masters of Evil, and Sinister Syndicate keywords. Um, his top click, he's looking at an 8 movement with a special movement power, 11 attack, 18 imperv, and 3 damage. Um, his only special uh, movement is a dolphin. He doesn't have an indom or anything. Um, his special movement power, though, is a Hydro Man can use sidestep and ignores damn near everything in the game on movement. Literally everything, coupled with dolphin ignoring the water. Yep. Um... His mid-dial, if you start him at 60 points, is Charge, 7 Movement, 10 Attack, Quake, 17 Barrier, and Shape Change. Mm-hmm. Um, I like him. I I think he's interesting. He's definitely flavorful. Oh, he's got Masters of Evil TA as well as Sinister Syndicate. Yeah, that's what I like about him. Um, I don't I like the Antivenom. I don't think he's broken or anything. Yeah. I just think he's really cool. I like... If you play him at 60, he's more of an annoyance figure and... Uh, Sort of a tie-up slash annoyance figure. Because he's going to have the barrier. He's going to have the the two traits. The given the... Well, three traits. But the given the submerged marker to people. Um, because remember, the cool thing about his is you don't have to hit them to give it to him. You yeah. just have to attach it to an it's adjacent. It's a free action, here. so he just does it. So you just give it to them, and then they have to deal with that. Then you have barrier on top of that, and you have shape change. And then every turn he's also placing water and within doing six the water squares. Too, yeah. So you can slow people down, you can heal yourself, you can speed... See, yeah, that's the thing. Your size. That healing coupled with Masters of Evil is going to be really damn useful. Not just that, but if he also manages... If you play on a specific map, you're also looking at somebody who's colossal and plus two damage. That's a 60-point character. That's a 10-4. I mean, that's... Uh, I, like, he's got Masters of Evil already, but if he has Colossal... Does that give Colossal Stam too? 
Yeah, it's part of. Uh, I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah, that's. Um, he is a really good figure. I I had I had overlooked that. I was thinking his trait was if you had eight of his little th- squares in no. place. No, it says if there are also eight adjacent squares of water terrain. So if you play on any of those water maps we have, top going to be an eleven five. Yeah, he's gonna be good. I like him. I mean, like, if you had told me Hydra Man would be a figure I'd like by the end of this set, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I'd like to get one anyway, because I, I don't have the old, super old one. So I don't have a Hydra Man. I'm kind of excited to see the Sandman die on now. Oh, wait, we already Seems, did, didn't we? He was in the video, um, which is our next piece of news, actually, is that Scott Porter did another oh. set of his uh, his videos, if you want to check them out there, on the official HeroClicks.com He's website. Dying. Three or four now, and then they're all done. Yeah, and then chases. Uh, he did, I think, five. I think he did two boosters a day. He opened a full brick. He did not get a chase. And if I'm correct, I think the only com- the only prime I saw him get in that brick was a common prime. He got the Gwen Stacy, uh, Captain Stacy. Oh yeah, that's right. So he did not get, which kind of goes against because weren't the past sets we've had? Wasn't it like if you didn't get a chase, you got either a super rare or a rare prime? Or you got a common and an uncommon? Or I don't a, think so. Because I think I pulled a... There was one that I pulled the Kitty Pride and the Emma Frost out of Brixton didn't get anything out of anything else out of there. So, like one or the other. I think that happened in two Bricks to me. But uh, he also got a, had a nice little birthday video where WizKids mailed yeah. him all the chases. Yeah, well they, they mailed them all except the last two. And then the last two are supposed to be revealed at now I can't remember where where it is Game Tree, oh. magazine or something. Anyway, they they sent them all but two, and then they said the last two will be revealed here coming up I think next week. That's cool. On something else, so um, so we know the primes, you know the chases. The chases are basically some characters we're going to talk about later when we talk about Spider Verse. This set is very heavily in spy, based in Spider Verse, which is awesome. That's what we all we wanted. Um, the chases are some of the notable characters. There's Punk Rock Spidey, Spider Knight. You know who we're getting in the set that has me excited, Hunterstone? Hmm. Norman Osborn. Oh, yes. I can't believe we've gone this long without a Norman Osborn. Here, yeah, here's some notable figures that I wrote down as I was watching the videos that I was excited for. Silk, we already kind of knew about. Uh, Scorpion, Sandman. There is the May version of Spider Girl. Uh, Overdrive looked really cool. Cloak and Dagger. Um, NYPD, Cop Generic, Thug Generics, which the Thug looks really cool. Thug and then the plain old Norman. And I, I suspect, because there's also a Green Goblin, I suspected like the Norman was going to change into Green Goblin. He doesn't no, actually change. He has a cool ability. It's more like representative, you know, his power kind of represents him. I kind of want to pull up our list of what we want out of. Oh, we got ones. almost all of them. I was going to say, uh, We'll this. have to go back through and, and check it out. I'll, I'll do that if I can remember. And then most importantly, Miles. We get, we are, in fact, getting a new Miles Morales, so I'm super excited about that. And he is a little beefier. Not enough, but he's a little beefier. He's like you're happier now? He's like 70 points, and he does have the paralyzing He's not like power. 45 points with an end cap 10. I think it was 35. Damage. I think it was 35. <laughs> 38 points, something like that. Um... Also, I was trying to pay attention when he was opening the boosters. It seemed to me, I could be wrong, but it seemed to me like the each booster that didn't have a prime or a super rare in it had a sketch variant. I think they were saying there's four to five sketch variants per brick. Okay. 
all the ones that he opened, there was no Super Rare or Prime in them. So I was thinking maybe that's what they're it doing. Could like possibly every be it. like every booster is gonna have something you want in it. You know what I mean? I just want to like. Have you seen the outrage against it? Like people are really hating on. The no, they are, they, and, and I think that's kind of silly because they're they are in fact verified the exact same dials. So yeah. who cares? At this point, it's just a collector thing. Which if you don't want to collect them, don't collect them. It's not really. And I mean, if you pu- it's like foils. If you pull one, like there's cards I didn't like that were foil and magic. You know what I did? I sold them for four times what the normal one was worth, and then I just went and bought what I wanted. There are uh, some very cool super rares, man. That oh, yeah. Mysterio is so badass. Have you? Did you see what? I he haven't does? seen the dial yet. So he ascend. I mean, we're not going to go over his whole dial, but essentially his gimmick is he starts with this smoke token thing. Oh my god. I'm- Trying to get called, somebody trying to call me in. He starts with like this smoke token thing, and while he has it on him, he basically all lines of fire to him are hindered. That's the way it's worded. Okay, so he has like perma stealth while he has it, and I think he gets shape change while he has it. However, he can choose to put it on an opposing character, and I think he has to hit you. And while that opposing character has the marker on them, Anytime that opposing character targets an, an opposing character with an attack, they get shape change. Oh. And if they already have shape change, they get super senses. I, th- I thought it'd be like a, as if they were shooting through hindering, basically, which would be kind of cool, too. So it's kind of like blind effect yeah. on an old R- JRPG or something. Like it, it, It's really cool. That he is also awesome. is just a cool figure. In I'm loving Clicks effects. I just want to say that after looking through how they're playing them in this set, too... The chameleon's really cool too, and he's oh, yeah. also super rare. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get a hold of some of these super rares. I'm buy a couple bricks. So also in that copy you're talking about, NYPD officer 003A. Again, this is the non-prime version for Captain Stacy, who also, by the way, is super good. Is really good. Uh, police keyword NTA, 35 points, sidestep, and enhancement, and then this badass trait. When another friendly character with a police TA makes a ranged attack, NYPD officer can be within five squares of that character instead of adjacent to use the police TA. Um, what are some characters that have the police TA that are really beefy? Banshee. Comes Banshee. Off Probably a Banshee immediately. Um, oh god, Banshee would benefit so much from that too. There's a... Well, I was going to say there's a couple flashes, but they wouldn't really matter because they're not making ranged attacks. Yeah. Um, well, should give him sniper. There's some Jim Gordons that are pretty dang good. There's a, I'm sure there are several great pieces that can benefit from that. And then Captain Stacy, the Prime version, he is stealth, and he's all about this special uh, damage power, where he can use outwit characters with the power countered by Captain Stacy can't use outwit perp or prop. And that's interesting too, because that means let's say they have. A can't be countered out with proper perp too, but you can counter something else on their dial. Mm-hmm. Then they can't use it, yeah, because yeah. It, it doesn't counter their outwit perp or prop. It just says they can't use it. It is worth noting though, since it says characters with a power countered, you can't counter an ability to get that. So if you outwit it, indomitable will work, right? Correct. The thug is the other generic, and I really like him a lot. Oh yeah, he's just a blank dial. He's what we really needed for a long time. Yeah, he's ten points. He's a blank dial, no powers whatsoever, no special combat symbols whatsoever. All he has is a trait, always for hire. 
when building your force, choose a named keyword that at least two higher point characters on your team have. Doug has that keyword this game, but can't use theme team props. My only problem with him is, dear God, he's going to be the team filler to get because every single team can use him to fill in 20 points, whatever, to add two to their map roll. Avengers and two thugs. You're going to see it. Yep. Yeah, other than... so. As I said, almost all of these have been spoiled. They don't actually have official confirmation that there is going to be a cloak. We just have the dagger dial, but we all assume that one of these three common figures that we don't know yet are one of them is going to be a cloak. Yeah. And then the other two chases, they don't know for sure are what they are yet, but heavy rumors are that it's Superior Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2099. So, if you want to, if you're an HD Realms member, actually, I don't think even. I don't you can know that, do it without being a member. Yeah, I don't know that you have to be a member. Just go to HC Realms, upcoming sets and rumors, and then find the superior foes. Um, what's evidence. the toxin look like? I didn't realize there was a toxin in here. It's an uncommon, I think. There she is, up the top. Well, one cool thing, let's talk about toxin real quick, and then we'll... Uh, toxin's pretty plain. Uh, it's kind of upsetting. Uh, yeah, it does have that alien symbiote uh, trait. So, like the shield set, and like some of the other recent sets we've gotten, like various... Uh, sub-themes share a trait. Which I like. I'm really happy they've been doing that. Yeah, I like it too. This call-in from the Spider-Verse trait is so good. And all the chases have it, and a lot of the Spider-Man family figures in this set have it. But the way it works is once per turn for all characters with this trait, when X, so in this case we're looking at Silk, when Silk hits an opposing character, after action is resolved, you may roll a D6 that can't be re-rolled on a 3 to 6 you place another friendly character with the Spider-Man family keyword adjacent to this character. So that means as long as you don't get unlucky on your first swing, you can chain and just keep summoning people up there as they keep consecutively hitting. No, because it's once per turn. Oh, it's once per all. turn. Gotcha. But Fair still, enough. I mean, the there's no... There's a slingshot. Uh, there's there. no, yeah, there's a huge slingshot because there's no another friendly character within line of fire, another friendly character within X amount of squares. Boom. No, it's just somebody else with this trait... Who may have blades exploit or whatever? Who does you know if they don't have charge or something like this gets them in, and you get to pick who it is. So, I like her damage power too. Actually, that's kind of I've been expecting that damage power, but I wasn't sure how the hell they'd word it when they eventually did it. Oh, what's that? The probability control during an opponent's turn. You may use probability control to re-roll her use of super senses instead of an opponent's roll. Yeah, precog spider sense. That's I like that. Cool. That's cool. That'd be a good just trade in general for Spider-Man family share yeah. trade. Uh, th- the other share trade I wanted to talk about was the Serpent Societies. Um, <clears throat> let me make sure. Because I can't remember if they all share an attack. No, I'm wrong. They don't... They're they're not all similar. It's more that they... Return the Serpent Society, TA. It's, it's sneak attack is what... The way it's worded with, of course, a bunch of S's, like sneak attack. But it's phasing teleport, and then when they do and move three squares or less, they can make a close attack. So it's, it's mini boom tube. It's, uh... That's the same one that uh, Street Fighter team of TA was. Oh, yeah. Do you remember? It's a close attack, not a close action. Um... And yeah, so looking at Anaconda, she has the same thing. Uh, Death Adder doesn't. Doesn't. I Unless swear it's it did in the video. The yeah, I think I think Death Adder does as well. So, anyways, that's their shared trait. 
But yeah, go through here and check all these figures out. We're not going to talk about all of them because there's so many. Especially much. the super assaults are freaking nuts. Yeah. And Frogman even made his way into this set. So it's believe it or not. Um, Alright. The only non-Spider-Man related news to talk about is that we got a couple sculpt peaks for the upcoming Turtle set. If we didn't already know that it was based off of the 80s, 90s cartoons from the box pictures that we got last week, or last episode. We definitely know We that. definitely do now, because we got Bebop and Rocksteady, and Raph and Michelangelo all in their cartoon-looking sculpts. That Michelangelo sculpt's really cool, actually. Yeah. It's kind of like the Ronin sculpt, except he's jumping and twirling his nunchucks around. So, pretty excited for that. I hope that set comes out on time. I hope it doesn't get delayed. Because it's already supposed to be coming up here pretty soon, and we haven't gotten a whole lot of... We haven't gotten any official spoilers yet for that, have we? Just, like, leaked images like this. Alright, let's talk about what we played, because we got a little catching up to do on that. So, we... A long... A long ways back, we did a build to where... Uh, I took every power in the game, I wrote them down on a piece of paper, and then I... Austin got lucky. I, I separated them by how powerful they were into four different tiers. So the least useful powers, like Force Blast, Smoke Cloud, stuff like that, was in, like, Pile 1. The super powerful stuff like Impervious, Invincible, Pulse Wave, that kind of stuff, is all in 4, and then 2 and 3 were kind of in between. And then uh, I e each player... Be on each round, they got a new set of powers, and you get one power from each tier, basically. And then you get to pick which of your figures gets which power, and you get that figure gets that power for the entire game. So it was pretty fun. It's kind of like a random element to it, but I try to balance it the best I can. But uh, in Austin and I's particular match, I'll talk about my team, you talk about your team. Um, I had a martial artist team. And I had Black Panther, who I've been just trying to play as much as humanly possible. Midnighter, I've never gotten the chance to play this figure. You've played it against me. I love Midnighter. I've had it played against me by a couple people. I've always wanted to play him. I finally got a chance to. And then He's I was, so good. I ran uh, Phantom X, and, uh, one of my favorite figures ever, and Bullseye from Web of Spider-Man. That's a classic meta figure. Who I had not played in... Who knows how long, so I really wanted to play him, too. Uh, my draws for the power were Invincible, Blades, Force Blast, and Toughness. Some pretty good ones. Force Blast wasn't all that useful, but uh, Invincible was definitely a good draw. And then uh, Blades was useful because uh, Midnighter basically has every close combat ability except for Blades, so I just went ahead and gave him Blades. And then I put Invincible on Black Panther, Force Blast on Phantom X, because I didn't really know who else to put on, and then I just gave Toughness to Bullseye. And then Austin was uh, oh, see, Monster. Was, a, was it Monster or Brute Theme? I think brute. It was brute Theme. It was Brute. Yeah. Um, but you had to change it because you forgot. Who was it you forgot? I don't recall. I know that you. we ended up throwing the Mole Man on there because... He fit the points. Yeah. You were going to play somebody. So your team was who? Team was what? It was uh, Hulk. I believe it's the... Uh, That's the Avengers Assemble Hulk. Um, the uh, super rare... Uh, Wow, why can't I remember his name? Wrecking Crew dude. Wrecker. Wrecker. Wow. I feel really <laughs> retarded now. Um, and then uh, Inhuman Beefy Dude. Gorgon. Gorgon. See, I don't even remember any of these characters. That's how little I play them. 
I can't remember who your brute was you forgot, though. I know. I'm gonna freak. Be... It was freak. freak. Not like he would have been much better, but... He's pretty solid for his points. He's like charged super strength toughness. But to be fair, to be fair, I had no outwit or anything, and Mole Man at least gave me that. Yeah. Um, what I rolled was energy shield, pulse wave, enhancement, and shape change. Now, some, for most teams... I was going to say some fantastic powers. <laughs> some absolutely amazing powers. Um, unless no one on your team has range. Because Mole Man doesn't have range unless he's using mind control. Yeah. And uh, so pulse wave was pretty worthless. Which is um, just, just that's just a sad statement. Uh, enhancement was pretty worthless. Um, shape change energy shield were great though. Uh, Hulk with energy shield is just laughing because he's already on yeah. his really high defenses, and then even Bullseye was missing Hulk yeah. with ranged attacks. I had to get lucky with some flurries of Midnighter, I think, to um, get you down. Wrecker once again, like I know we talked about this way back when he was out, but holy shit, this figure's just. He's if so you cool. haven't played him, you gotta play that him. That ATA is so good, too. Though. Yeah. You get plus one when you go through walls or whatever. Yep. And then uh, he was just blowing up walls and making objects and stuff. But I also made a mistake when I built the team. And that is, I made the terrible assumption that this Hulk had super strength. God forbid I make this assumption, Hunter Smith, because apparently I picked the one Hulk in existence that doesn't. I think he has it at times, but I don't think he... Let me look. I don't know that he... He doesn't have it that much. All I know is, when I went to pick up objects, I realized I had way more objects than people, which should never happen. Well, especially... When you're playing a super strength team. When you're playing a brute brute team, team, that's not something... I went out of my way to reduce the amount of super strength on the team. Yeah, he's got it on the second team. Yeah, on clicks two and three, he has super strength, and other than that, he does not. Yeah, so, uh... I didn't really get the alpha out of him I really was hoping for. No, he does have some cool tricks, though. Oh, I love this Hulk, um... He's, he's got the full leap climb quake on top dial. Yep. And then uh, he's got the whole flipping back and forth between the banner dial and all that crap. Um, he was a fun... Uh, I really like this character. Um, the Gorgon was... Gorgon was okay. He was really good. Long-ass dial. Oh, like, yeah. that's the one thing... He's I, a real old-school dial. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's lots of simple, simple kind of average values, but... I mean, the amount of times between all my opponents, they were like, is he still alive? Yeah. Um, I used him to tie up a lot to get up in there and keep, like, uh, against Jake. Jake was playing that Hawkeye, that multi-targets, and gets oh, to choose shit. The, the broken ass one. The main movie set. Yeah. Right? Um, I put Gorgon right next to him so he'd have to keep shooting Gorgon instead of being able to shoot people that weren't, um, that I didn't want him hidden. Um, Wrecker, of course, Wrecker was just... A gift from God himself. Like, he's just running around bashing shit with his damn crowbar. I mean, I, I want to say he was him and the 001 Iron Man. Like, those were my favorite figures out of that set. Easily. The Wrecking Crew in general was really fun. Uh, that was... It's one of those teams where you're like, they're never gonna... Or they're, they're never gonna put enough time and effort to make, like, a cool Wrecking Crew. And so, like, then all of a sudden, Invincible Iron Man comes out, and they're, like, amazing... Um, I kind of hope the Serpent Society, I'm looking forward to playing them, and I kind of hope they fill that vein, too. Uh, Bull, Bulldozer was really cool, too. Yeah. He had the block line of fire on one side, and he was just a solid figure. Good old Thunderball with his ranged freaking knockback. I don't know if I ever quick. played Thunderball. I think his is, uh, he does Quake and it's his range, or is it two or something like that? Um, so our match was a pretty easy victory for me, partly because... Austin drew good powers, but not for his team. <laughs> Those terrible powers for my team. And then I, um, did I get map roll? You got map roll, I think. I think I picked Krang's. No, it was Labyrinth Wall. 
that we played on, did we not? I don't think so. Or it, it was. I'm pretty sure it was. On this game, it was. Then I think was on the new one map rolls. Okay, maybe I, I did. It. Um, Austin busted out some walls early on. I sent in Midnighter and Black Panther to tie up, and then uh, Phantom X and Bullseye don't have willpower, so I moved them up slowly. But um, I just got slogged down in the swamp of the middle of the map, basically, and then yeah. Eva and all that crap just rained in hell. I had enough outwits with Eva and Black Panther to kind of chew through one figure at a time. I did have some trouble with Hulk with Energy Shield, but like I said, I saved him for last and went after Biles first, and then eventually yep. got him down. I love that Black Panther so much. My other match went a lot better, but that's also because I had powers that were actually worth upgrading for. I think I got Krob and some other crap that was really nuts. And that Bullseye was super fun. I love that figure. This was a fun one. Yeah. This was, uh, I played Birds of Prey. Now, if I remember correctly, we couldn't use resources. We had to play a theme, we had to play a named theme team. DC. Was it DC? Okay. And we could use extra stuff, but we couldn't quite use, like, resources. But we could use ATAs and special weapons and stuff. I played Birds of Prey with Big Barda from Batman set. Poison Ivy from the uh, Batman set as well. This is the older one who can use um, Poison and Smoke Cloud. And she can activate smoke uh, Poison after she uses Smoke Cloud, basically. Or so it sorry, what she activates isn't technically poison. So she can use normal poison, then any time in the turn when she uses power action smoke cloud, she can activate another effect that basically does what poison does. So you can get two automatic it was a pain three damages. And then I think she has some barrier and perplex at some points on her dial. Then I played Thorn, who I've been wanting to try for a while. That Jake has been dominating our local meta with hilariously. And then the um, L E Black Canary. And I also had the weapon drop on there. Oh, I had the ATA, which Bird's Prey ATA is one of the best ones. Even though I missed basically every support role yeah. pretty much. Thankfully. Uh, it was That's a really good ATA. It, for those who don't know, because Bird's Prey don't get played very much, um, it gives you support. At, I think it's once per turn. One, in, one person with the ATA can try to free action support another person with the ATA but you subtract three from the result instead of two. However, you do still get the minimum one. So if you do hit the attack roll, you're still going to get the one healing. And then I had the weapon drop and yeah, along with the ATA. And then Austin Moser. I played uh, Justice League Dark because uh, there are two figures I've been really aching to play that I haven't had a chance to yet. Um, Blue Devil. Blue Devil, ever since we spoiled him, he had me super amped. I'm really happy with the with his dial and everything, so I was really looking forward to that. And good old Frank. Hunter has carved and diced and sliced and cut me apart with Frank. Frankie. And I really wanted to give him a shot. Um, I threw the uh, super rare uh, John Constantine and the, uh, I think it's common Madame Xanadu from the Trinity War set um, on there. Uh, she, I think so. She she's either an uncommon, or she's a... I think she's uncommon. Um, she has that really cool trait where, like, she makes an adjacent character... Um, Oh, and you know what? It um, 
It came into play in our game. Yeah, it actually worked. Um, I want to say it's actually it was a pain in the ass. I had to work around quite a bit. Now that you it's uh, when an opposing character targets Madame Xanadu or an adjacent friendly character with the Justice League Dark keyword with an attack, you may choose a number between one and six. After actions resolve, those characters heal one click for each die in the final attack, showing the chosen number. And if I recall, and I named like three, you hit it twice in a row. Yeah, and I was like, I really don't want to deal with this because you have Mystics, because that's what people. Yeah don't realize is this is really good with mystic figures. I mean, it's it's luck-based, so I mean, of course, I'm going to get all the use out of it anyone could possibly ever get, but um, I really like that. Um, Blue Devil was a monster. Like, that figure is just absurd. Um, he's got that pin side freaking, let's just give a character pin side energy explosion on top click. That'll turn out well. Um... And he also has a thing where he and adjacent friendly characters ignore mystics, but it also is friendly characters with Justice League Dark. They don't have to be adjacent. So anybody on your team. Yep. Um, and then Frank. God, Frank. I had one match the uh, against uh, Brian, and Frank just ran up and was like, okay, just six damage, killed someone out, and we're like, moving on, and just one by one, just cut down everything. He's uh, so good. He stays alive <laughs> so long. I can't imagine him with Anger's Hammer. If I gave him Anger's Hammer, him with Anger's God, Hammer. what is wrong with you? You're I've a played monster. him with Anger's Hammer. I've played him with Pandora's Box. They gave him sidestep and plus one attack. Um, there's Hitler. I played him. There's you. And I played him with the Red Ring, which was good too because he's always in people's faces. Oh, I'm kind of sad though because I was really hoping to get to use Blue Devil's uh, anti-stop click trait. Yeah. Um, didn't get a chance to do that sadly. Um, our match went interesting though because I feel like. It was a really good match because it was one of those matches where there's like three or four points where I felt like if something had hit or something had missed, it could have gone either way. Well, for one, you destroyed my weapon drop straight out. Like, I was like, fuck that shit. Flat out the back. It wasn't... Austin picked map. It wasn't a great map for a relic. I didn't have anywhere to, to hide, hide it and get it because the walls were close to our starting areas. And so, like, I had to place it on on an area where you that could see it. was the one it. wasn't it? It may have been. It may because they have the two, three. It's like three by three generators. It's like a crane lab or something yeah. like that. You destroyed that right out the bat. Um, I moved, so I moved poison ivy and uh, black canary up pretty slowly to, to play it safe. They both had stealth, so I kept them in stealth because I knew you had TK with JC. Double TK. Yeah, you had two, two TKs, which is really nice. And then I moved Barda and Thorn up on the another side, but I moved them where they were relatively safe. Yeah, and then I TK... What happened was I tk Blue Devil up and I tried to take a shot at Thorn because I wanted to splash two penetrating around Barda because I know Barda's an older figure. A couple hits in, she tends to drop a little bit. Um, so I was hoping to drop and get rid of that boom tube threat a little early because that's the biggest thing about that Barda is, like, you're just waiting for it. You know it's coming at some point. Um, she hit Shape Change. So Blue Devil, I think, blasted, uh, was it Black Canary? I just beat the shit out of right out the gate, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, you got Black Canary. Um, didn't kill her, but neutered her quite a bit. Yeah, she really dropped, drops like either four or five clicks in or whatever. She was just... Um, I was at like four probs on this damn team. Like, it was ridiculous. I ended up, I think, tying up Blue Devil with Thorn. And I basically... I. The figure use that poison ivy. Is yeah, what I was is. gonna say the, by by far the worst figure on the team, which is poison ivy. Like I got the most play out of in this matchup because you couldn't handle the mystics otherwise. Because Austin's mystics was gonna be a problem, so I just poisoned and used that smoke cloud just nonstop to really 
I think I I hit Blue Devil with Thorn, took some clicks, didn't mind it. I was like, I'll just heal it up later with the ATA, although I ended up missing like basically every attempt at that. And then uh, I took Blue Devil out. You got a little antsy with Frank, and you, you... I ran him in. You TK'd him up. You went after. You did kill Black Canary with him. And then uh, I had Barda come over, and uh, her and, I think, Poison Ivy just whittled you down with the, it, the it, That Poison Ivy and the, my, lack of, uh, my lack of reducers meant that Poison was really painful for me. And uh, oh, it was just... Uh, the I had no ignoring hindering was the other problem was the smoke cloud really made it hard for me to move to where I needed to be and all that stuff. Um, Frank's trait though um, is worth bringing up. It's the when you kill somebody, all your Justice League Dark get a free movement or whatever. Yeah, I think is it half movement, half. No, I think movement? it's when Frank or a friendly character KOs an opposing character oh, with the friendly character with a point value of fifty or more with an attack. All friendly characters with the JL dark keyword can be given a move action as a free action, which was really great because a lot of my characters. Uh, Really, they drop off move and attack. Frank and Blue Devil specifically do, but uh, JC and uh, Xanadu don't have any. But what this meant is as the battlefield shifted, every time I'd kill somebody, I was able to move them both into better positions to get the outwit or get the uh, per- probs I needed. Right. Um, JC's choice of prob or perp was great, too. I got really good use of that. That's a great figure. I mean, overall, there was not a character on my team that wasn't an all-star. Like, I like all three no, of them. you had a really good team. Yeah. Um, how is Frank not five stars on these shoe Come on, get your shit together. <laughs> I love that Frank. I, I'm gonna find any excuse to shoehorn him into shit. What's well, his you keywords? Know, you know what the best thing about him is? Is his one thing you could complain about on him is his attack values are low for a, for an attacker. Oh God, I have four problems. But I'm ju- you're playing him <laughs> on Justice League Dark teams. Like you have nothing but probs and like you said you had like three probs um the other cool thing about justice league dark is on the note of the uh traits for sub themes they kind of have their own take on it which is special powers and so it's like adjacent characters get this but if they're justice league dark anywhere they right get it. that was kind of the first time they did something like that. I, I really like that that was fun to play and it was thematic it kind of pushed me towards playing justice league dark over just like going and then our last one to talk about this was originally a anything goes event, which usually means we all play resources because we don't we play resources only about once a month. I'd say sometimes once every two months. So I like resources. Generally, we were gonna do resources. I had resources on my team. I was playing uh, TMNT villains, and I'll, I'll say them all here in a minute. But I also had the Phoenix Force, and then Austin sent me what he wanted to play, and it <laughs> happened to be TMNT allies. But he just had the animal ATA. He didn't have resources. So I was like, you know what? I'll take Phoenix Force off. I'll put the robot ATA on mine, and we'll have the allies with the animal ATA versus the villains with the robot ATA. So that's what we did. It was very fun. This is one of, this is one of my favorite matches in a long time. Oh, yeah. Fuck Crane. Uh, I had... <laughs> I did. I had the villains team. I had Crane, Baxter Stockman, not the cartoon version, the comic book version, uh... I had three Mal- two Mausers, and then the Mauser Swarm. Then we both had Slash, because Slash has both keywords. But not Animal. But not Animal. So the other Mutanimal, the other Mutanimal which is, uh, is Snapjaw or whatever his name is? I can't remember. The Leatherhead. Guy. Leatherhead. Leatherhead has it. Um, but for some reason, Slash doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, I had Slash, Shredder, and then three different Foot Ninjas. I had a Psy, a Nunchuck, and a Katana. 
I love those foot ninjas. That's what I'm just going to say. They're great. And then what was your team on? Um, I had the uh, comic book versions of the four main turtles. Um, all really great. Uh, the April O'Neil, is that the comic version? Yeah, there's only one version. And the, there's uh, the hog from the Star Trek. Good old Casey Jones and uh, Splinter. Um, nobody. I wasn't wasn't really expecting much out of him. Um, and then Slash. He didn't deliver much either. He did. No, he was <laughs> annoying as shit in some of my games. Okay. Well, in uh, our game, he wasn't. Um, and then, uh, what's her name? Gosh, Renee I... Tilly. Renee Tilly. Um, Renee Ooh. Tilly was the most fun figure I've played in a very long Yeah, time. she was awesome. I'm gonna have to try her coming up recently. Just, just for the trolley aspect. Like, the fact that basically I could throw out, like, nine probs in a turn, and then Hunter gets to choose four squares. Because for those of you guys who haven't seen her, the way her trait works is it's... Here, I'll pull it up. We can read it officially, because it's a little... Wordy. Other friendly characters within four squares that are 40 points or more can use probability control. Oh, that's a little good. When a, when a character uses probability control in this way, after actions resolve, an opponent may place that character up to four squares away from their current square. So you can basically trade good positioning for re-rolling major attacks, which was very, very good, actually. I was willing to take that hit a lot of times because I had a lot of sidestep on my team. So Hunter could put me somewhere and I'd still get back into position relatively easily. Um, I had a good amount of movement attack and things like that. Well, there's also several situations which came up in our game where it doesn't matter. Like, this is a fail-safe. If the attack is going to kill your figure, yeah, you might then well by all, halfway might as well head. use prob. Like, if it means that my figure is going to live through the attack, then by all means, I'll, you can move it for And at worst, what, you get it out of trouble, and then I can throw it somewhere else for a bit? So it was very useful. It was very fun, too. For a 70-point figure, she's already got prob and the 12 phase on top of that. A um, lot of fun. What happened, the way I took down Krang was pretty thematic, actually. Because I got all four turtles together with Slash and just ganked him. And uh, because my attack with Slash was so important, I went ahead and used her power to prob like three times, I think it was, mm -hmm. to make sure it landed and blasted the shit. And the blades, I propped the blades too, to make sure I got the biggest hit I could get on that crank and remove him. So I was all like, I wanted to play crank so bad. I, I spent $40 on him. For those who don't know, like, between Austin and I, I mean, I bought like two cases of turtles, pulled basically every figure except for Krang. I had to go out of my way to bet, to pay $40 to get Krang, because he's meta, of course. The one figure I wanted turned out to be meta. Of course. So I had to pay $40 for this figure, and I was like, I'm going to play him. Both games, my opponent knew what the fuck was up, and they like went right after Krang and did not let me I just want to say, anything. this is the Austin Smith pattern. The moment that in your head you get the idea, I want to play this figure, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to kill it. Uh, I believe in our game, I did. I, I saw you moving the turtles up with Slash. I got a big quake off, I want to say. You had them all bunched up. Yeah. I chose the giant size and the giant reach. I moved up, I quaked, because they all had toughness. So I hit them all for one, and I spread them apart. But, because of Renee, you actually ended up getting to, like, get them back together, essentially. It was nice, um... Basically, you took down Crane pretty quickly. Your quake helped me because basically it put them in position to prop slash easier. 
And so, like, when he moved up, like, it was all four of them were perfectly spaced out to be like, okay, well, let's just prob the shit out of him. So, real quick, let's talk about Slash. Slash was, like, almost MVP for both of us. Yeah. Like, both of our Slashes were extremely good, and I definitely am going to play him again on a Turtles, Allies, or Villains team in the future when this new set comes Once out. again, if you told me, hey, one of your favorite figures out of TMNT was going to be Slash, I'd be like, who the hell's Slash? Slash is very cool in, in Turtles comics. But I don't read the comics, huh? So I know. I'm the Drew Alderson of TMNT. <laughs> but uh, he's crazy good for his points. You just got to make sure he's not adjacent to hindering terrain because that makes him minus one attack. But other than that, yeah, he's really good attacker for his points. Um, Casey Jones was another MVP for me for that I go figure. He's a very good figure. Um, I will say, though, Renee screwed me in my game against Jake because we were playing on the new bridge map, mm-hmm. and these turtles don't ignore water or hindering. Only so, <laughs> the uh, starter turtles have the dolphin symbol for those ones. So anytime I would prop something, Jake would toss them four squares out into the water. <laughs> um, he was playing the uh, Marvel family, so he was playing uh, Freddy, Mary, Freddy, Mary, and uh, Shazam, and that was a hard match. I could not get through those reducers. Um, yeah, Renee's fun. I would definitely recommend if you've got her and you haven't given her another look over. Find a goofy event to mess around with her with a lot of figures that are around 40 points or so, um, and just go to town. This was ended up being a very, actually pretty dang close match. Yeah. Um, I think your slash ended up running the board at the yeah, end. Yeah, it kind of got down to the wire where we both had some like low points figures left. I did still have Shredder. Shredder was extremely good. I kept him... Oh, I Shredder versus him. Splinter at the end. That was yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I kept Shredder... And used him for his three range range attacks because since Crane was gone, he was my only ranged attacker. And because almost all of our figures had reflexes and close combat stuff, I it, using Shredder for a range piece turned out to be really useful. Yeah, I uh, love that Shredder. It was a fun match. It came down to the wire. I ended up like just kind of nickel and diamond Austin's figures down with the Mausers actually more yeah. than anything. They probably did more damage. The they Mausers were annoying as shit. Mausers and the ninjas kind of whittled people down, and then Shredder would kind of come in out with their defense and blast them for the last two or three clicks. The fact that the Mausers were able to tie me up, and since they're tiny, they're able to be shot over, was what really, really drove Yeah, that's me. what. That's a good point I forgot to mention. Like, I would tie them up, and then Shredder would shoot over top of them. It's like the old days of using an Ant-Man to freaking tie shit up and just shoot over his head. Like, it was... But it was close, and it was pretty fun. Pretty fun match. Uh, my second one, I actually... I thought I was a... Toast because I was playing against uh, Strack had a X Force team with the new ATA, and he had the utility belt on Dark Angel, and he came right after Krang. He pumped up uh, Dark Angel with all his perps plus the black belt. Bat belt was on plus ones, and he just came right after and psychic blasted Krang for like six. You're not allowed to play Krang. So I uh, used Baxter to heal Krang up two clicks. And then Strack came right after Baxter because he's like, well, I can't have none of that. And uh, he kept, but he rushed in with Wolverine on him. And anyways, long story short, I ended up cleaning up Wolverine, sent Slash after Dark Angel, who held his own for an extremely long time and almost basically one-handedly took down a 200-point bat-belted Dark Angel (laughs) because he has Charge Blades exploit. Um, and I ended up winning this match, believe it or not. It was really close, though. Um, it was it was a fun team. I mean, honestly, I can safely say the TMNT first season, and I say this as someone who, I'm nostalgic for TMNT, but I'm not, like, 
hardcore super fan of it all. The this set has been one of my favorite sets in recent memory. Like they've done a spectacular job with the figures in it so far. Mm-hmm. I and you know I've I've already played them a few times now. At this point, I'm going to wait for the second one to come out before and start then, mixing shit. Yeah, up. Yeah, I want to mix and match them. I definitely want to play Krang again, but I'm going to wait for some new villains. I definitely play Slash again, but I'm wait for. Some I'm kind of hoping villains. we get a the Krang generic from the cartoon, so that way you can just have an army of little Krangs and then big Krang. For those who haven't been watching the cart the the Nick cartoon turtles, it's actually really good. Like not just for kids. I downloaded the, all of them and I'm on season two right now. And I've been very surprised like how good it is, honestly, for a kid's cartoon. Um, let's go to community. I will. Okay. So I want to start off last week. I mentioned that Malcolm Rush, our man from Japan had sent us a message and I couldn't find it. It was because the, I don't know, the, the version of Facebook that I bring up here on PC doesn't always show me all my messages, but I do have the message here on my phone. Click filter by real quick. Let's see if it's something. I think that's what it was. Nope, never mind. Just well, anyways, now that he sent me a new text message, it put it back at the top, so I'm, I can read it off of here. Um, he says, hi, so I'm going to kind of paraphrase it, so... Anyways, he says, my name's Malcolm. Many of you know me from the many questions I've asked. I'm from Vermont, but moved to Japan 10 years ago. In Japan, I can't play Heroclix. Uh, I love the game, and I follow it on the internet and on podcasts. But this August, from the 13th to the 18th, I'm going to visit some family in Pocatello, Idaho. I assume I'm saying Pocatello, right? I don't even know if that's a real place. I think he's pulling our leg. He may be. Pocatello, Idaho, and he's looking for someone to play a couple friendly games. He says, remember, I don't have many hero clicks. It's very hard to get them here in Japan. If you live in the area of Pocatello, please PM Malcolm on HC Realms. He's under M Rush. That's all one word. Or you can friend him on Facebook. If you still have trouble getting a hold of him, then you guys can just email us and tell me that you're trying to get a hold of Malcolm and I'll, I'll hook you up. Oh, we're playing Clicks Matchmaker for a week. So, yeah, if you guys are in Idaho and you're close to Pocatello and you want to play some games with our man from Japan on uh, August 13th to the 18th, just let us know and try to get a hold of him and uh, we can get him some matches. Because as he's told us many times over the last couple of years, it's... Apparently, it's like, a dry county out there. It's a dry <laughs> country out there. So, uh, other than that, the mailbag's been real light this week. You guys are disappointing. Like I'm just shaking my head like a father who just like, oh, so sad. You doctor yet? You doctor yet? Talk to me when you doctor. Uh, Connor is gonna join us for Bad Samaritan. But you up. are a doctor. Ethan Jacobs. <laughs> He says, hey guys, I enjoy the podcast since I've been back to playing. I'm guessing he took a, a hiatus. He says, I'm writing in mostly to tell Hunter that the quarry is really suffering without him. It's almost hard to listen to anymore. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. But our our man Edward Shelton is still on there last time I checked, right? I don't know. I don't listen to the quarry. I don't pay attention to meta stuff at all. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that, but I don't have time to uh, do the quarry. I did enjoy it, though. It was fun. Uh, he says, I do have a question for you guys. How difficult are you finding it to complete trades on HC Realms? I will send offers, send off fair offers or offers even heavily in their favor and will either get no response or some outright rude refusal or hostility. We had some experience with hostility the other week, didn't we? <laughs> oh, you're talking about like a few months back? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been trading and selling on Realms for, well, I mean, since we started playing and uh, 
I have like a hundred, over a hundred feedback. I forget what my number is. So I, I have a lot of experience with it. Um, in general, I've had nothing but positive experiences. You do have some issues here and there, but I have not had any major ones, or at least not any recent enough that they're still in my memory. Every now and then, as Austin was saying, we had You'll a, get a mouthy person who was being smart aleck the other day, but every now and then, you just got to ignore those people. And I, and I do mostly what you do, like... When I do sell things, I don't sell them at sharp prices. I sell them at... He is not an Austin Smith. I usually go off what cool stuff is. You know, if, if if it's on cool stuff for that price, I feel like they have pretty fair prices. So I usually go off what they, what they uh, sell them for. But that's also all I'm willing to pay. I'm not going to pay you on Realms $20 for a figure I can buy for cool stuff for 16 You know, so anyway. Just uh, just tough it out. You'll, you'll finally find the right people... You can't let the sandpaper people get to you. Yeah, there are some really uh, nice people on there who are frequently buying and selling and stuff. So it is very time-consuming. I remember back when I was heavy into collecting, it it is very time-consuming to sit and get all of these people and weigh our sponsors and stuff. How many trips to a post office were you making a week? Oh, my goodness. A lot there for a while. I'm glad those days are over. I know. I bumped into you like every time I was at the post office and it's over by my house. That was towards the end of it. That's that's not when I was in the thick of it. Uh, Davey Bosar. I think we read this. Yeah, yeah. We read this one. All right. Can we talk about Pokemon Go, Hunter Smith? We can. Let's finish. Um, <laughs> let's talk about. Let's finish community with our last community thing. And that was our community question this week. Oh, it was? Which was... What are your top five modern age hero clicks right now? And there was a pretty wide variety, I gotta say. There were a few I, that I saw more often than not. I saw a lot of super rare Iceman, figure we both really like. Um, and I saw a Some lot... Some shifting focuses were in there, too. Yeah. I saw uh, Balls of Fury more than a time or two on here. To be fair, Balls of Fury is an amazing pick. Other than that, it's a pretty wide variety. I know, I was kind of shocked when I was flipping through there. I was like, I was expecting to see a lot of repeats and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, very happy. I'm proud of you guys. You're picking variety. Mine, uh, I wrote mine down. Mine is Krang's definitely in there. Black Panther. We've already talked about both those figures. They Phantom X, Warstar, definitely. And then probably Corvus Glaive, who I think might have made your top five, too. Corvus Glaive and Black Panther both made mine. Um, uh, if we're talking newer figures, uh, that Omega Red made my list immediately. I've played him once. I definitely want to go play him again. He was a lot of fun. Um, i trying to think of who else recently is really like... Uh... I'm really sad I sold that Iceman now, because he is. So <laughs> but he was just worth so much money. I couldn't bear keeping him. Um, Frank. Oh, Frank. Frank's, Frank's on my list. Yeah, I don't know. I'd like to add Frank. I just don't know who I would take off. Frank is like my new Corvus. Like, I love... They're both annoying but fun close combat attackers <laughs> who just won't die. I'm beginning to realize I have a pattern here as well. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Blades characters. Wonder why that could be. <laughs> um, let's let's think what true Alderson's would be. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Faust is going to be on Faust is on that list. Probably Sabretooth and Wildchild. Probably Sabretooth and then Sabretooth. Uh, who, who else would be on there for him? Those two, there's no way those two aren't on the list when we ask him. I don't know who else he would say. I hope he's on update right now because I'm going to call him. 
We gotta, I don't have his phone number. No, I have it. I, I reset my phone. We so. got to think what else. What else he might answer, and then we'll ask him next episode, and we'll see how many we get right. Aquaman. Aquaman, you think? I don't know. I'm just fucking with you. I have no idea. I the enigma that is Drew Alderson cannot be unraveled by such simple minds. Well, part of the problem is we don't get to play with him anymore. No. Anymore, you know, really. So I don't know who else he would say. I'm going to say he's going to say also the rare Sabretooth. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Sabretooth and Sabretooth. Just because it's Sabretooth. Once again, to remind... He's not here to put salt in the wound that none of them have brotherhood. I'm going to say he says super rare Quicksilver. Mm. Other than that, I'm pretty lost. Maybe something from Nick Fury? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know how the Smith I give up. Up stomach. All right, those are four. I'd be surprised if he doesn't say at least three of those when we ask him next time. All right, so yeah, what's been going on with us? What have you been playing, Austin? Yeah, Pokemon Go. I've been playing a decent amount too. Uh, I've maybe walked, I don't know, over thirty miles this week alone already. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be sexy as all hell by Gen Con at this rate. Body by Pokemon. Body by Pokemon. Um, it's get body by Bulbasaur. Body by Bulbasaur. <laughs> need to make that. Um, I'm level nineteen and a half right now. Um, freaking, I've met so. I think that's the thing about this game. It's not that the game itself is spectacular. Yeah, that's part of why it's caught on so much. Yeah. Um, to put this in perspective. The first night I played it was Friday, last Friday night. Um, me and my buddy went down to Franklin, and we walked down downtown Franklin. Which Franklin's kind of a smaller town. It's a college town. Um, it's got some walking paths and parks. We had people in cars pull over, wave their phones at us, and ask us if we were playing. We bumped into people on the street that were showing off their stuff, and we showed off our stuff back to them. Like It was so cool meeting all these people. And then... Uh, uh, we went to Chili's, and we're sitting down there, and we got our phones out, and I asked the waiter, I was like, hey, I have my charger, do you have an outlet I could plug this into? And he goes, what team are you? And my heart dropped immediately, because yellow is outnumbered by red and blue I to know. a substantial degree. We are vastly outnumbered here. So I I tell Trevor, I'm like, or me and my buddy Trevor, and I was like, uh, we're yellow. And he turns around to the barkeep of the waiter, because we got two more yellows here, and they all cheer back. Oh, it was great. Like, we were just instant bros from there on out for the rest of the night. It was awesome. Um, and then, uh, I've had, like, basically whenever I stop somewhere, like, I'm always asking people. We dropped a lure at the park, and a bunch of people wandered over from the neighborhoods and were hanging out with us for a bit. Um, it's just been awesome meeting people. I can't wait for Gen Con. It's gonna be fucking nuts with how many people are gonna be downtown for that stuff. Yeah, Ashley and I are going down next week. As I was saying, we'll probably go down the canal. That's what we're thinking about doing that tomorrow. Because people have said that Gyarados can be found down there. Um, so you probably have to be like high level, though. I yeah. would imagine. So the one thing I've learned about this game is, first off, it is because there is zero documentation. The amount of bullshit out there is hilarious. Um, the one thing is, I can definitely say with straight up absurd amounts of anecdotal evidence, um, our canal here is water Pokemon. Like, Trevor sent the list of, like... Well, I'm pretty sure I read um, that water Pokemon... Or more likely around water sources. That are more likely around water sources. Um, I have friends out in Arizona and Utah that are reporting that basically a lot of the grass crap we get, they don't get. They get sand shrews and stuff out there instead. Mm. I mean, a lot more fire Pokemon. Like, we don't get Ponyta here that often. Yeah, that makes um, sense. 
the canal, like, Trevor sent me a list of, like, 50 things he caught the other day, and it was, like, nothing but water Pokemon. So, uh, we were thinking about making the trek trek down there, because it's non-stop Pokemon Go hangout right now, which is... I'm sure businesses are loving that shit. Oh, for sure. Well, if you don't go tomorrow, you go this Saturday. Oh, hell yeah. Next next Saturday. If I don't want to go both times, because fucking this game has consumed my life. Hold on, let me open my achievements. Yeah, it is real fun. Uh, 42 kilometers traveled, 517 Pokemon captured. We, uh, I've been playing that. I've been playing a lot of games recently, which is surprising for how much I've been working, but, uh, oh shoot, what was it? I've been playing a lot of my older games. I've ran through a bunch of NES games. Jackal, beat that. I love Jackal that so That is a good, that's a game that holds No up. one hurt, no well, one's heard of it, but oh, it's it, good. And it's also a game that, mo- a lot of NES games, I go back and play them frustratingly hard like from Jackal is the sweet spot Jackal is not hard at the start and then you get to the last like couple levels and then it's NES hard and it's like the perfect game to go back to because you kind of eases you into the butt it's the kind of game (laughs) it's the kind of game I'd love to have an arcade machine for just be like hey you want to go play Jackal in the garage and just so I play Jackal oh it's music is spectacular too Donkey Kong 64 I had planned on collecting every golden oh, banana. Then I remembered how incredibly annoying and difficult that beaver game is where you have to try to push them into the hole. Do you know what you're talking about? I know because Aaron... I just, could not even beat the first one and I was like, I am Aaron not Aaron just tried to do a complete clear like it was last year and he was like suicide watch. Like I oh, felt so bad for him. It's so frustrating. I did all the <laughs> other hard stuff. consumed him, Hunter Smith. Like day in, day out, he was trying to get those damn golden bananas. Other than that, most of them aren't super hard to get. Anyways, I played back, back through that. It was fun. Uh, it's got the best song in history. I, I think we sing the DK rap at least weekly. Oh, I've been singing it to, every time I fired it up. I played for like three, four days in a row a lot. And every time I fired it up, Ashley would be like, you playing that damn Donkey Kong graph again? I'm like, so we're finally here. We're for you. We're sitting there, like, I think every week while we're playing Hero Clicks, something pops up from a line of that, and me and Hunter finish it out, and anyone in its presence that's never even played the game just has no idea what's going Jake's never seen it, but he knows the theme song. Like, by Probably by heart by now. There's one other Chunky's game. the best Hunter Smith. Chunky is good. Lanky's so good though. Lanky's melee so good. His <laughs> arms just like reach to the next Tuesday. Fucking. Oh, a- Amplitude on PS2. That's what I was playing Which yesterday. One's that? It was made by Harmonix. It was their game. Amplitude and Frequency is what they made before Guitar Hero. So it's it's a you do it all with controllers of plastic instrument, but you do all the tracks of a song like drums, vocals, whatever. And you have to constantly jump. It's like Beat Mania, kind of. Oh, cool. You have to constantly jump between the two. But I love good. rhythm games. There are not enough rhythm games in my life. Yeah. The Rhythm Heaven Fever was a another real good older game I played recently. You know, I want to go back and play that I haven't played in a while. Uh, was it Luminous? Luminous? Luminous, the uh, Tetris-esque yes. rhythm-ish game. I have it on Vita. Oh, you oh. don't have Vita. You can borrow my Vita. I might steal your Vita and do that because I love that game. Oh, uh, Ashley and I played through Double Dragon. That's what it was. I haven't played Double Dragon since I was like five. I was like, she's going to hate this. And she loved it. <laughs> we didn't beat it, but we got to like the last level we kept dying. I'm not going to say I'm more of a Streets of Rage kind of guy, but I'm more of a Streets of Rage kind of guy. <laughs> and then we started to play the Turtles 2, which was the arcade was that the really, one. Oh, okay. 
Uh, Turtles 1 is the one that has like an over map. I was going to say, that was my favorite. That's the one we played a lot when we were kids. Turtles 2 was the one that was just a straight arcade port. And then Turtles 3 was the one I think was the best, aside from Turtles in Time, but Turtles in Time was on SNES. But Turtles 3 was good because it had like all the iconic characters. Like it had Slash and Shred. It has like all the villains and hero, uh, you know, all the, the important characters. Um, but we played the arcade one for a little bit, but god dang, that game was hard. Like That's the one where there was like pizzas on the ground, you pick up the heel and all that yeah. shit. Yeah, that was, that was brutal. Well, the third one is like that too, but my beef with the second one, the arcade one, is like, there's no, like the boss, you fight, you fight Bebop and Rocksteady, and then eventually Shredder, but there's like six, seven bosses that are like nobody, like they're not actual characters from the game they're just like generic enemies. i wonder if they were paying licensing costs based Maybe. on which characters yeah, i don't know but anyway that's so i've been playing a lot of different older games uh, for those who don't know i collect uh video games of from all time and i have every system so far but i i mean i'm far from having my entire collection done but i essentially had to sit down and be like look you have to stop buying new games for your collection until you play the one until you have played through every single game. You're gonna be a great dad, Hunter Smith. <laughs> so I looked at my list and I've been checking them off as I play them, and uh, I'm not very far huh, through my list. But I I am gonna hold myself to it. I cannot add more to the collection until I play through all these games. So right now I have my PS2 sitting on the floor there. I still have the the two Devil May Cries to play through the entire Jack series, Kingdom Hearts two, which I never played. Because I loved Kingdom Hearts 1, one of my favorite games ever, and I just recently replayed Kingdom Hearts 1. However, I've tried to play Kingdom Hearts 2 three times that I can remember now. I get like an hour and a half into it, I'm like, this game sucks. I just don't like it. But this time, I'm going to make myself stick with it. I think the thing about Kingdom Hearts to me... I don't like the battle system. I hate the battle system. I think that's what I hate about it. I don't hate it. I just, I can see where it gets grindy and old real quick. Um, Kingdom Hearts to me has always been one of the, it's a Squeenix game. You like it for the story. Like, I kind of, I like the universe, I like the characters. Well, yeah, I love When you can keep up with all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. My problem is that they've done 50 in-between games, between 1 and 2 and 2 and Mm 3 now. And most of them are bad. And they make the assumption you've played them. Yes. Very. Which is very annoying. So that's why I haven't played 3 yet. Well, I'll tell you, for anyone wondering, as I said, most of those in-between games are not very good, and I've played most of them. Chain of Memories was the one I've played. I haven't played the 258 over two days or whatever. I think that's the only one I haven't played. But uh, Chain of Memories is good, and Birth by Sleep is really good. I recently played that one, and uh, I think I was on the PSP. Let's just be honest here. The only reason we play these is the gummy ships. I do like my gummy ship. I want a someone could take that system and just make a gummy ship game. And I would pay sixty bucks, I would buy all their DLC. But no. Alright, before we wrap up and go to Spider-Verse to finish out, uh, guys, if you're listening on Saturday or Sunday, which you probably are listening on Sunday, uh, Evo's final day, Sunday. Don't forget, top eights. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Make sure you check out everything, especially check out Killer Instinct. And uh, Street Fighter Five. Really I think Marvel. I think NBC Three is also on Sunday. I just want to maybe say it's I'm, Saturday. I'm looking forward to Ibuki and Balrog. I can't wait to see some good players just come out of nowhere. Ibuki's really fun. 
I really want to learn her more, but I also am kind of just waiting for Arian to come out, so I'm sure he's in your God, I'm so excited. But, uh, anyway. It's not just because he's a naked dude in a man thong. <laughs> but uh, that's certainly That's helps. 50% of it. So if you are listening and you don't want to hear anything about Spider-Verse, don't want none of it spoiled for you, then go ahead and turn off the podcast. We'll see you next time. Later, guys. If you want to hear about Spider-Verse, stick around, because we're about to get into We're going to spoil some shit. Alright, Spider-Verse is a, uh, obviously, Spider-Man related. Is it a Marvel event, Hunter Smith? It is, in fact, a Marvel Comics book. Does this mean it has about five bajillion tie-ins that are completely worthless and unnecessary? It does. Well, (laughs) yes. Um, This one, compared to a lot of other events I've read, wasn't as bad as far as tie-ins that don't necessarily. This one had some, and that's kind of what I liked about it. So we read... I bought the giant, it's not called an omnibus, but it's basically this huge hardcover. It's like 75, 50 You could kill a man with that book. And it has all the tie-ins for uh, Spider-Verse. It does not, unfortunately, put them in the proper chronological order, which I had to do manually. (laughs) I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the set of this. I'm like, dear God, Hunter's gone full autist. And I'm like pulling the tags and trying to find everything I need to do. So yeah, I I took little post-it notes and I went through and chronologically put it in order with little tabs that said one, two, whatever, so that when Austin and Drew are reading it, they can find them. When Austin's reading it. Right, when Austin is reading it. You can go through and find the proper... I mean, Drew's got your book right now, but I don't think he's reading it. I I know. Hopefully I get the book back. But um, it, it spanned a lot of books. The main books were Superior Spider-Man and Spidey 2099. Uh, However, there are various other... Wasn't Amazing times. Spider-Man one? And Amazing Spider-Man had, I think, two or three of the like ten main issues. Uh, it is... I was going to find the writers, but I guess because of, of the tie-ins. So they Dan put... Slot, Maybe Dan didn't... I don't think Dan did all of them, but no. I think he did the main books. So Dan did all the main books. Um, if you've read any Amazing Spider-Man in the last probably six, seven years at least, it's all been Dan Slott for a long time. So he's been, doing, Spider-Man. he's been doing a good job uh, with them. And then uh, our artists are some various guys. Olivier Coipel. I never know how to say the, that guy's name. Uh, he did a lot of the penciling. And then I don't know any of these other guys, but yeah. I wonder is that the team just for the main line, and then all the tie-ins, of course, would be their own teams. I'm not on. I would assume so, just because, because all the, the time, everything was so different. Like to be honest, it was well, kind of jarring. If you have, if you buy that hardcover, which I do suggest, because there is a lot, you get a lot of book for your buck. Like yeah. I know, I think I paid fifty two fifty three bucks you, for it. I feel like that was a good deal for you then. And there's a good, I mean, like at least twenty five issues in there, probably more than that. Um so, you know, you're looking at your final count was like thirty four post it notes or something yeah. like that. And that's with me skipping the one that didn't really so yeah, I mean you're getting thirty five issues for fifty bucks. Like that's a good deal. Especially for a hardcover because the art's always nice and big and pretty in the hardcover. But uh anyway. Features tons of different characters. Some I've never even seen as somebody who's been reading Spider-Man for a couple decades. Um, Like Spider-Punk and some other people. Uh, But essentially, the the core premise of it revolves around the Inheritors, particularly Moreland, but really the entire family. And uh, their quest 
to kill the spider kill totem. every single spider totem and make sure they can't come back. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know. I've seen Moreland before, obviously. I want to say this is the first time the Inheritors have shown up. I was going to say, I don't know if I ever remember the actual, the rest of these family members, like Deimos, which was a cool, who was a cool character. Honestly, they're all cool. Yeah, I want to say in general, right off the bat, that was my absolute favorite part of this entire arc, was the Inheritors were cool, their world, their ideas. I was going to say, they're, they're like, uh, the atmosphere when it goes to their things, like it feels very... Van Helsing-ish time, yes. timeline. I mean, it doesn't period. help their vampires, but... Yeah, but, like, it's very, like, romanticized 1800s, 1700s. It kind of reminds me of the Hellfire Club to a point. Sort of. Um, but anything revolving them was just, like, super interesting. And then, like, the matri- or the patriarch of the family, like, him being, like, this godlike being in strength was awesome. Um, I, I liked all of them. They all had their own personalities that were unique and stuff like that, too. And then the Master Weaver was really cool. And, there, I mean, there's the big twist at the end. Um, so, I mean, I guess I don't really have to avoid spoiling things. But So, basically, the entire premise is that they're using this Master Weaver to go to other universes and hunt the spider totem of each universe. Mm-hmm. And so, he is kind of like their key to the Matrix, basically. Yes. They require him to open the different threads. And Peter from 616 is the only spider, or at least it makes it sound like, the only spider who has ever escaped an inheritor, period. Yeah. Anytime they've ever come after a spider, they have killed it, usually pretty easily, because that's like their destiny. That's what they're made to do, essentially. Um and then, of course, they have that prophecy where they're trying to hunt three specific spiders. So, the, And that's kind of the point of the whole story, is for whatever reason, I don't know that it ever directly says it, but now it's finally time, like, we're going to go after the three, uh, I think they call them to- spider totems. Or like the well, the, spi- the spider totem I guess is just the overarching thing, yeah. But there's the bride. The bride, the scion. Si- the scion, which is uh, Cain. The bride was Cindy, right? Silk. Yeah. And then, uh... Oh, I know what triggers it. It's when Cindy comes out of the vault. When Pete yeah. gets Cindy out of the vault. She's the last totem to... Then they, like, sit, they catch her scent or yeah. whatever. Because previously... Um, they couldn't and, find her. Yeah, she was, like, locked away. She didn't basically exist in the mar- in the 616 or so, in the Marvel at all. I hadn't read anything, like, they didn't explain anything before that, did they, exactly? So what happened, I forget what was going on before. She was locked in there by, I can't remember now. But basically, Pete discovers her and and sets her free, and she doesn't know anything about the world. She's been in there since, like, birth, almost. Um, But by being in there, she was... And that's when Spyver starts. So effectively, her being the last piece to the puzzle, where now all of them are available. Right. Then they're like, then they catch her scent. Once Pete lets her out, unknowingly, like the inheritors, I'm assuming, like they have Pete opening Pandora's box. Yeah, in typical Pete fashion. <laughs> so bumbles into universe destroying shit and has to save it. So now they're like, we know where the bride is. It's time to f- fulfill the prophecy. And what's the what do they call the baby? He's I don't remember. It's the bride, the scion. I can't remember what the baby's called. Little baby Pete. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I don't know. It'll probably say it while we're... Oh, here's the main plot. 
Oh, another cool thing it brings up the hounds. The fact that Verna yeah has all those like the older daughter like yeah her hounds are all like like Spidey villains Spidey villains from alternate universes and they're all really cool looking. Uh, we're trying to we're trying to find what the uh, babies is known as. Oh well, anyway, I'm sure we'll think of it here in a minute. Um, I want to say I like the idea of the great web representing like fate and everything. You have the great weaver kind of. It's kind of what I've always thought of. Uh, wow, is it the it? other? Is the baby the scion and Cain called the other? I th- think so. I don't know. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's cool. Yeah, uh, the is, other, the bride, and the scion. Yeah, I think Cain is the other, and I think the baby is. The no, scion. the scion is silk. Because Morlun says the Scion still lies outside their reach. No, the bride. No, the bride is Silk. Scion is baby, and then yeah, and then others came. So, I was gonna say uh, I like the whole. I guess it's symbolism. I guess the way they chose to represent the universe as a web, where you have all the branches and paths and everything, and you have the one person kind of pulling it all. It reminds me of Madame Web, kind of on yeah, a greater it, scale. It's what it is. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, I like that. That was pretty cool. Normally, I'm not big on multiverse events. I don't like these. Marvel's been doing a shit ton of them lately. I'm kind of getting tired of them. Well, so DC has always done DC has always done them nonstop. So going into this, there are very few other spiders I like going into this. Um, 2099, because his universe is so substantially different, and he's always been kind of his own character. You don't like King? I love King, but King's in 616. Oh, you're saying... For I'm saying, like, other universal... Like, I don't like Spider-Ham at all. I don't like... Okay. Gotcha. I don't really care about Punk Spidey or any of these other I don't ones. know. I mean, as I said, this was the first time I had seen Punk Spidey. I don't know if he ever had... I don't know if he had or not. That's kind of what was fun about this is... I saw a lot of character. Well, here he is right here. He's highlighted. Let's see if he did exist before this book. Uh, apparently he did. At, at least in some capacity. Because... It's it well linked us to the prowler though. Well, anyways, yeah. In general, I'm not big on these alternate universe things. I think I've talked about that before with when we talked about Red Sun, where I said uh, mm-hmm. I like the idea of these one shot side stories. I don't like crossovers because they're convoluted. I mean, most of the time these things are crazy. They try to throw all these characters. They make assumptions. You've kept up with all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like that. Um, however, I will say out of all the crossovers I have read, this has been one of my more favorite ones because I feel like they gave each character enough time to flesh them out. Um, or at least flesh them out. At least flesh them out enough to where they were unique enough. If they were minor ones like Spider-Punk, they just gave you... They gave him a couple lines. Four or five page, like, introduction where he's playing to the crowd, he's fighting against his... Which was a really cool little thing. It kind of reminded me, like, Judge Dredd type art and atmosphere. I still had ones I didn't like. Um, I didn't like the 90s cartoon one. Like, I understand, like, why and some people would like that and the nostalgia mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Sure, it's for them. It's not for me. Um, I'm very anti-Silver Age in general, though. I don't like the goofy shit. Um, super serious grim dark all the time <laughs> on everything. Um, but uh, I loved 2099. I liked him. I liked the return to 2099's world for a bit. It was cool. Yeah, and a lot of cool stuff went down with that. And that's what I was going to say, bringing us to talk about the tie-ins. Like, 
while they weren't necessarily important, because I read Spider-Verse when it initially came out. I bought each issue as it came out. I did not read the tie-ins. And I remember being able to keep up with it pretty well. Like, I never really felt like I'm going to have to go and buy this tie-in because otherwise I'm not going to be able to know what happened. Mm-hmm. It, it it keeps most of the meat potatoes in the main story, which you can't say for every event book, especially Marvel ones. I was going to say, like, I think of Fear Itself and stuff like that where, like, the main line did keep it in check, like the eight issues in a row told the main story, mm-hmm. and then there were just hundreds of tie-ins that were... The problem is they Marvel started out pretty good with that, but over time they've gotten worse and worse. I think Civil War so was is DC the, also. Civil War was kind of the climax of that to a point, I think. But um, the tie-ins kind of had their separate short stories that, that were summed up in the main line. Yeah. So, like, we saw in 2099, we saw, what was his name? The more powerful brother. Um, Deimos. Deimos. We saw his side where they go in 2099 and there's Deimos and they're trying to capture him because he's just... Because they're trying to figure out a way to kill him, basically. Right, and they can't... Before then, they had not figured out a way. Because I think there's one point where they think they had killed him. Yeah. Basically. And then he can... Oh, I know what it was. They replicate him. Yeah. They're still replicating so you have one sideline where you have Deimos and and some of the spiders figuring out his stuff. You have, then you have the other one with a replication Kane and all them that figured out the cloning lab and all right, that shit. The cloning one with which uh, I like that brother too. Yeah, he was pretty cool. Shoot, what was his name? And he was trying to remake. Uh, he was trying to remake the spider totem. Right. So that way they could infinitely feed, but he kept failing idea. miserably. Yeah, which is a much better idea. Than just he was like the smart one. Yeah. Um, there was. Another sideline that Jessica... So Jessica's was really cool. I liked Jessica's a lot. She kind of infiltrates the main spider... Uh, Inheritor-verse or whatever. Well, no. At first she starts out babysitting Silk. That's the, true, like, the that's first true. half. Yeah, yeah. And it's she all about keeping it. the bride safe. Yeah. Like, they were supposed to be jumping around to just try to keep it hard for them to find the bride. And then finally she decides basically that she wants to try to put an end to it herself, kind of, and gets pulled into... Well, I... No, I think Silk got away. Yeah, Silk got away, and she's trying to find her. But I can't remember what brought her to uh, to the Inheritors world in the first place. I think they're jumping. I think it was by accident. I think they're jumping around. Oh, no, that's right. She does go to rescue. Thing. She goes to rescue Silk. She gives her her teleporter and gets stuck there because Silk's was damaged. Yes. That's right. And she gets stuck on that Inheritor world and gets mistaken for the pirate the, chick. She gets mistaken for the other Jessica Drew. Yeah. Yeah. The, the pirate Jessica, basically, who would happen to be in a relationship with one of the inheritors. Uh, was it Morland? Yeah, it was Morland. Morland, I think. Which, that was kind of interesting to see. Yeah, I cool. liked that. Um, and her, she ends up kind of tying the whole plan together in the end. Because she's the one who learns about the prophecy, so therefore they're able to know how to beat the prophecy, basically. Because you learn that the weaver has been setting them all together to solve this, to prevent it from happening. And it was really cool, really well written how, like, the Weaver has had this whole plan the whole time that he is very methodically little playing the inheritors little by little so that he's going to finally get out. Be, he basically just wants to be killed. And he even sets up his successor, which is cool right. too, by having the inheritor that's been exiled, like kind of ends up coming back to become the new Weaver and everything. Sorry, guys. But, yeah. Yeah, that, and that's what I liked the best because I love when a, when you're reading a big event book 
and a big revelation comes to play that plays back on everything, and it wasn't obvious. I hate when it's super obvious and you've been seeing it coming the yeah. whole time. This was one of those where you were like, oh, that's really smart. You know? Yeah, and then like it makes you go back and think over the little things throughout the series, and you're like, that makes sense now, that makes sense now. I should have seen this coming, but I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. Um, overall, overall, there were some things I didn't like. Um, while I loved the Kane side story where they went out to the cloning lab and everything, mm-hmm. I hated the writing of it. I don't like the way that guy writes. Yeah. The way yeah. he describes action from like that weird third person passive. I didn't movie. care as much for the art in that one either. Me neither. I think that was Scarlet Spiders, I think was that, that yeah. side book. Um, I did like, as I said though, I liked the plot. I liked the finding the cloning lab. I found um, the whole sacrifice and all that stuff was interesting. Um, but the mainline ones, um, Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Woman, I don't remember what the other one was. It was Amazing Spider-Man, Superior Spider-Man, and a couple of 2099s before 2099 um, went 2099's plot and art was great. Um, it was very, I mean, it was straight up 2099. Spider-Woman was the side one. Stuff with Cindy and... The, yeah. The... the uh, Whoever did the art and writing of the end series and, like, the main stuff anytime involving the core inheritors. That was Superior Spider-Man. That was my favorite by far. And the art was miles above the rest. Like, the rest of it was good. It was obvious when you were reading that compared to the other stuff. You were like, this is top talent. Like, straight up. And I I loved that. That That was was Dan Slott. Dan Slott wrote all of that. Yeah. And the art was fantastic. I like... It's weird to think about, like, when you really analyze, like, subtle things about designs. Like, when you think about, like, the Weaver as a character. Like, someone had to come up with this shit. Mm-hmm. And it's so much cooler when you think about the fact... When you break it down like that. Like, every little bit of the Inheritors. Like, their clothing, how they acted, all that shit. Like, major kudos to the world builders on that who went through all this stuff. And as we started out with... And it kind of brings me to the conclusion of... That to me, was the reason why this whole thing was so awesome, was just the Inheritors. Like, that atmosphere in that world... So much better than the Builders. Just so... (laughs) Was so interesting, aesthetically and, you know, just the idea of them. And and that is what really kept me interested and and made me enjoy it all at the end. I'm not one who's ever been one to follow the Spider-Man mystic side of things, really. Um, I've always been the boy gets bit by a radioactive spider and he's got spider powers kind of thing. Um, I've never been spider totemy. I've never really followed like any of that crap. So for me, this was kind of my first like deep dive into it. And I like it like this too. I mean, I, I feel like there's no strict need for it to be science or fate or otherwise. Yeah. Like for it to be a good mix of it is interesting. My other one I would suggest you read. I'll have to find the exact issues for you. My other favorite mystical Spider-Man book that just came out recently, I, I think it was The Last Hunt, or maybe it was The Great Hunt. That's why I'm going to have to look it up. I can't remember what it's called. Anyways, it involves Craven and uh, and uh, Madam Web and some other stuff. And I, was, that, I remember that one being particularly good. I was going to say, the other thing that I want to give this massive credit for is, I don't think they intended any of this when they originally wrote Morlun all these years. I think this was no, them filling I, in filling in gaps, and they did a fantastic job of doing. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I liked it overall. I definitely recommend it. Um, it's one of the better events I've read, um, t- considering how many bad events I've read. 
And, like, it's not necessary. unlike a lot of the other events we've talked about, it's not necessarily one I would say, like, any anybody can pick up and read and enjoy as much because it does kind of... Dig into Spider-Man. Assume some previous knowledge of Spider-Man, you know. And, like, I feel like the stuff. fact I read Superior Spider-Man made me enjoy the stuff involving right. Doc Ock a lot more. And I, not to say you couldn't enjoy it, but it, uh, it it's not one of those where I come away from it saying, this is what you should intro- give somebody to introduce, you know what I mean? It's more mm-hmm. of a... It's more of a, oh, you like Spider-Man from time to time? This is the Amazon suggestion at the bottom. Yeah, like, oh, we see you bought a Spider-Man trade a while back. Now that you know some stuff, you know, now try this. That's that's kind of Um, how I would put it. We got some great characters out of this, though. I think Silk and the Inheritors both, like... I love Silk. This is my first, like, actual reading into Silk more so. I've always liked her character design. Spider-Gwen I like, too. Um, Just lots of fun characters in this. They're going to overplay... They already are. They're going to run them in the ground. Uh, running Spider-Gwen into the ground as quickly as they possibly can, but... I mean, She's going to be the Harley of Marvel for a while. Yeah, don't get me started on Gwenpool. But whatever. Uh, good book overall. Wait, what? <laughs> if, you, if you have it... Uh, if you didn't pick it up and you're somehow some listening... My still listening for some reason, please go and check it out and uh, give it a try. It's definitely worth reading. And yeah, let us know what you guys thought of it, too. Mm-hmm. And let us know what you want us to talk about. We could do another Turtles book. Uh, we got Joker's Wild. I was going to say, we could do something Batman-related. Uh, we'll figure it out, but write in some suggestions if you have any. Yeah. We'll see you guys next episode. See later, guys. Bring dice